Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So we have a lot of H&M, Harry and Meghan, to dig into today. Yeah, I'm trying to coin that, see if it takes off. Plus, uh, we have a new couple alert, Chris Martin and Dakota Johnson. We're also going to get into Kim and Kanye's exciting family news. So, Josh, did that happen this morning? Yeah, so we're through some breaking. We had to update the script with the Kim and Kanye major headline. Here at the In the Limelight newsroom. (laughs) And Julie, I don't know if you even know this, but the Chris and Dakota have a special aspect of their relationship that is particularly relevant to the in the limelight in our history of this podcast i can't wait to hear that i've no i know so so that's a little tease for all of you before we get to them but first harry and megan um so julie i feel like i mean at this point there's so much harry and megan news i feel like we record the podcast and immediately we both are like oh wait this just happened even when you're recording it it's like a daily clip of news items it's kind of hard to keep up with it's amazing and thanks to all of our listeners who keep us in the loop i feel like they're sending us new breaking updates every hour so we're going to start though with at least the item i think i'm most excited about of all which is that uh yesterday at the i guess tca the television critics thing Uh, Lifetime announced that they are moving forward with Harry and Meghan, The Royal Love Story, a film that chronicles the relationship between Prince Harry and American actress Meghan Markle. And I'm thrilled about this. I can't wait to watch it. We're definitely going to have to do some sort of live tweeting slash live podcasting for it. Are you as thrilled as I am? I'm sure you are. Well, never has there been a real-life event that was more destined for a lifetime treatment. Can't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that I want to know how much they're going to get into. So there was a William and Kate one. Do you remember? Did you watch it when it came out? It came out right before their wedding. No. Was it any good? It's like very lifetimey. That's the only way I can think of to explain it. It's like melodramatic. And I remember they played up the scene where she walks out in that famous like sheathy lingerie dress where she like, quote unquote, like won over William. But I wonder how much they're going to get into kind of the like dramas and controversies of Megan's life. Like, are we going to get into the ex-husband? Are we going to get into her, you know, the the half-sister? There's some real drama they could dig into, but I don't know how much they're going to go there. I know. I think they should just go ahead and really make this the three-part series we want because they have to get into the family drama of it. I want some some acknowledgement of Guy and Bogart, that whole controversy. The Casting Guy and Bogart is going to be the most important thing they do for this movie. I mean, there should be a single episode devoted to the holidays, Megan's first Christmas with the family, Brochgate. I Do you think <laughs> yeah. the aunt, Princess Michael, and her offensive brooch is going to make the final cut? I want some like great actors in this movie, too. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get it. I want, you know, like a Sofia Coppola treatment. Like, I want this. I feel like there's a lot to this story that's actually really... I mean, obviously, but really dramatic and interesting. And I don't know if this Lifetime movie is going to get into the subtleties of it, but it will be fun nevertheless. The subtleties like, are we going to see any involvement of the TIG? Are we going to see what Megan's life was like before Harry? 
I would oh love God, that. I would love to see a scene of her just blogging, you know, like sipping on a cappuccino at some sort of like, you know, like taking Instagrams of her food. Also, I wonder if they'll get into the whole origin of her when she was 11 and she wrote that letter about the sexist commercial. There's a lot in her backstory we could get into. How much is Suits going to be covered? Are we going to see that teenage trip she took to Buckingham Palace where she posed outside? Are we going to see her first royal interview where she claims to not know anything about the royal family? I mean, also, like, how are Julie and I not somehow staffed writing for this movie? Well, I was going to say, we're taking off the rest of the day to record our audition tapes. Also, I think we should just, like, send script pages to Lifetime. Yeah, it's anonymous. Um, so speaking about casting, I was looking at the deadline post and people were putting in suggestions in the comments for who should play Megan. No, funny, like no one mentions who should play Harry. I guess people aren't as, I don't know if people come to mind. Maybe like Domhnall Gleeson or Ed Sheeran. Um, Eddie Redmayne, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, oh all God. good. Eddie Redmayne, the role <laughs> that he's been waiting for, the role of a lifetime. From the Oscars to Lifetime or something. Anyway, but someone recommended Paula Patton. Oh. And I thought that was interesting because as we all, uh, all never been used more generously know, Megan did the calligraphy for Paula Patton and Robin Thicke's wedding invitation. Oh, so I had be forgotten some, about that. Thank you for calling that back. So that would be some nice full circle. And then someone recommended uh, Natalie Emmanuel, who's in Game of Thrones. She plays oh, um, Missandry. Missandry. And interestingly, but I don't know, I I mean, I, we need some Suits listeners to verify this for us. Please let us know on Twitter I or love Instagram. that we know the name of Meghan Markle's dogs, but not the Game of Thrones <laughs> But wait, no, but someone, but this is what I'm confused about. Someone said in the deadline comment where they recommended her that Meghan's character on Suits loves her. That Game of Thrones character. But that seems so specific. That can't be right. That seems very bizarre. Like there's a plot point on Suits about Megan's character's favorite Game of Thrones character. Please let us know if that's true or not. I don't know. Is there anyone else that comes to mind, Julie? It's kind of hard to cast Megan, I think. Um, well, Matt Smith of The Crown, did you mention that already, suggested Selena Gomez. I don't know if that seems like a great pick to me. You know, though, that like Megan has bigger hopes. Like these, none of these suggestions fit the bill for Megan. Megan is hoping for Halle Berry. <laughs> Megan would love, I, I think Megan wants like Meryl Streep. <laughs> I mean, also, can Megan cameo as herself? I mean, no, not as herself. Can Megan cameo as a nod to kind of like her Hallmark movie past? I guess, I don't know if she's ever done a Lifetime movie, but I think that would be really endearing. Do you know what's insane? Five years ago, Meghan Markle wouldn't have even been cast in this movie. <laughs> as Meghan Markle. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just looking at her TV movie resume here. When sparks fly, a big city journalist is sent back to her small hometown to write a 4th of July story and discovers the life and love she left behind are exactly what she's been missing. Oh, God. I mean, this just is so perfect. There are so many meta layers to this Meghan Markle onion. They just keep coming. 
Right. And will this Lifetime movie portray her acting in her Hallmark movies and Deal or No Deal and all of that? Oh, my God. It, it better. It better get into Deal or No Deal. I also want definitely some sort of scandal, scandal backlash about the ripped jeans. Like, I want to go behind the doors of the palace to see what those courtiers were really saying. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they do crown style where they kind of imagine how everyone's reacting to them, you know, like the first response when the Invictus game, oh, the Invictus games is going to be a big moment in the movie. You think so? Because that was their first lovey-dovey hand-holding. Um, but I want to see like what everyone's like whispering, like the PR people. and Kate you know. Middleton, I want a lot of private conversations, snarky text exchanges between Kate and Pippa. Yes, 100%. I mean, Josh, we should really just write this up. <laughs> like the more we talk about this, this, deserve, this deserves 10 episodes. It's insane. Uh, but we haven't announced the date yet, unfortunately, of the movie. So we don't really know yet when it's premiering or what's happening. But you know this has to be coming out before May, right? Yeah, this deadline post says the Kate and William one premiered 11 days before their wedding. They really capitalize on the hubbub. All right, so then we have to talk about Meghan's appearance last week, which was the second time since they announced their engagement that Harry and Meghan made a public appearance. They went to this radio station. The biggest sort of controversy was related to her hair. For good reason, I'd say. (laughs) Which I put in the script as unkempt, which is, I don't even know. That's putting it kindly. But I didn't realize until I was kind of reading some of these articles about her hair at this appearance, but it's apparently like actually literally a break of royal protocol that she wore a quote unquote messy bun. Like I didn't realize she was actually was violating any sort of decorum by doing this. Right. Um, and for those who haven't seen photos, it looks as yeah. though... Yeah, how she, do you describe it, Julie? She kind of just tossed her hair back, didn't comb it all into a ponytail even, and did like one fold over. I think one of our Twitter users described it as like a Starbucks run type <laughs> hairstyle. I also wish all of you could have seen Julie just kind of demonstrated with her own hair what the look was. And it was incredible. I think we're gonna have to film that for an Instagram story. I don't care if Julie (laughs) is down or not. We're doing that. We'll give that. Well, what is the royal protocol, though? Like, how do they even describe? Well, it was, so I was reading this people.com article about how she broke the royal protocol with the messy bun. What a life I lead. And it says, Meghan Markle broke a major royal taboo today. Will Kate follow? And I was like, why are they bringing Kate into this? And also, we know Kate ain't following. But it says, the royal family follows a strict protocol right down to the hair on their heads. But Meghan Markle has been setting her own rules which is interesting, especially when it comes to her fashion choices. From foregoing stockings to carrying oversized purses, what a sentence beginning. (laughs) Megan is going her own way. And on Tuesday, she sported a hairstyle that almost every woman can relate to, the messy bun. Then it says her laid back California style was on display. And then it just continues. And it says her messy bun look was in stark contrast to her future sister-in-law, Kate Middleton. 
her go-to bun style is the classic chignon. Is that how you say that? Yeah, I think that's exactly how <laughs> the French intended. Kate has even been known to wear a hairnet to keep her updo in place. No way. I need a close-up photo of this hairnet. <laughs> when the royal mom, who is known for her signature blowout, opts for an updo, it's always impeccably styled. Right. Like Kate People are throwing even... <laughs> it down here. Kate doesn't even go to the gym with a messy hair bun. But maybe Kate will be inspired by Megan's casual approach. After all, she has been known to rock a hairband, so she's not afraid to take risks. I do not think we have to worry about that. But anyways, it doesn't give you really more than that. It's just saying that I guess the royal protocol is that you're supposed to what? Have it professionally. Have your hair brushed. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, do we... Okay, here's our... I'm taking it to the next weird over analyzing level which is do we like this do we think that this is cool or do we think it's somehow like a strange uh not slap in the face but i don't know well there are a lot of different levels of analysis we could a lot of routes we could take but one of which is it's such a stark contrast to the usual i guess hair and makeup outing situations that it almost takes the conversation away from the point of the outing in the first place so did she know that josh would you have known that right so that's true do you think she real she must have realized that this was gonna create headlines well you know there were some nervous palace staff members as she was walking out the door saying like oh you know do you want a quick touch-up or do you want a comb or here we have a little bit of hairspray someone definitely tried to say something about it i guarantee and you know that the queen well, maybe the queen gets a kick out of it, but I feel like there's there's definitely people in the chain somewhere who are not getting this. Because it sort of is, so, uh, I don't know, it's, it's noticeably different than her first appearance, which also makes me feel like she's trying to make some sort of statement. It's not even like a perfect bun, the bun itself. This is too much analysis, but hair from the bun, it's just, it looks like in gym class, you know, when girls throw their hair up i loved this analysis that a body language expert did oh gosh julie you're gonna i think get a real hoot out of this (laughs) it says megan is often spotted fidgeting with her hair during public appearances with prince harry and according to one body language expert it's a sign she is trying to remain calm in the midst of the chaos body language expert and body language for dummies author elizabeth Kunky revealed that Megan's hair playing tactic is a common gesture women use to calm themselves down when they feel under pressure or uncomfortable. It's the adult version of a child clutching f- their favorite toy, their mother's skirt or father's hand. When fe- This is like weirdly detailed. When feeling anxious and not knowing what to do or say, she said. However, she added that the gesture wouldn't necessarily have the same meaning had Markle been in a private setting. I feel like this isn't that profound. Like, if you're constantly pushing your hair back or doing any sort of nervous tick, it just means you're nervous. Right, right. I I also don't know, because was she touching her hair once it was already in the bun? Did she kind of redo her hairstyle a few times while she was out and about? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're trying to imply that she was just fidgeting with it. But I don't know. Maybe she goes so nervous that that's why it's so messy. She like undid the more 
put together bun. Her hair has a mind of its own and it just... Yeah, I don't know. She also gave a little wave kiss to the crowd. Did you see that? Oh, I did not see that. Did she speak to them? What else? See, I don't know anything else about this outing because the only headlines I saw were about the messy bun. I think well, some headlines were about how she kind of acknowledged her well-wishers with this. Um, it wasn't even like a wave as much as she just kind of like kissed her hand but kept the hand on her mouth. It was like a very um, low-key air kiss. Wow. At a loss for words, I can't even, I, I don't know what the queen thinks of this, but the queen has never left the palace with one hair out of place. So this just couldn't be farther from her own personal aesthetic. Also, don't you think it's weird they visited us? I mean, I know this is not that strange for royal appearances, but like a radio station and they had to listen to um like a DJ spinning tracks. Right. I did see I did see Megan with one earphone on kind of listening and nodding along and she kept trying to take it off. But the recording yeah. kept going on. I think lastly, on this Megan Harry brigade, we have to talk about her Instagram. Oh. This is so sad. Last week, she finally officially shut down her Instagram, which means there's officially no more TIG. There's no more chance of a resurgence. I feel as though, to me, this was a bigger kind of ending point than when she got engaged. Or I don't know, I feel like this was so dramatic to me that the Instagram got deleted. I didn't expect to be as affected as I was by this news. I was so upset that I hadn't... I've screenshotted many a Meghan Markle Instagram, so I'm sort of okay, but I was. it made me sad I hadn't savored it more. I feel like I w- would have wanted to have gone through the comments more. I don't know, there's so much, so many things I could have done if I had known that this was going to have ended when it did. Do you think she deleted it herself and had some sort of, like, unofficial ceremony with, like, lit candles and... Yeah, well, did she save all the photos somewhere? There's so many memories there, and we know she loves her kind of travel photos and her food photos and her inspirational quotes. She loves all of her followers. She had such a good relationship. It's such a funny, like, twisted part of this whole thing that she can't even enjoy. I feel like she would love to have that kind of, you know, 70 million Instagram follower sort of popularity, but she can't do that as a royal. Maybe the hair bun was her own way of rebelling against, you know, the palace made her shut down that account. So this was her middle finger to them. I could totally see that as like kind of her subtle way of like maintaining her um, autonomy or something. Ugh, I hope she starts up some anonymous lifestyle website. I'll be on the <laughs> under lookout. Like a, under a pseudonym. Also, this is a big deal for us that the No Bad Energy gram is now deleted. It's so sad. We'll have to like reproduce it somehow. We must have screenshotted it at some point. Right. I feel like this is a sad moment, though, for the podcast and for Julie and me personally. <laughs> Julie, I said here, do you have a favorite Meghan Markle Instagram? I'm really thinking about this. You go first. I think either the No Bad Energy one, just because it's so important to us. I also love so the bananas together. When, like, she the first news came out about Harry, and that was, like, her sly way of, um, I don't know. Also, the turkey one, I feel like, came The turkey one was good. She had great tablescapes. If there was yeah, anyone who knew how to... Do you think she still takes pictures, like, at the Royal Christmas? Do you think she was still taking a bunch of different angles? God, I really hope so. I feel like she might might have a secret account. Do you think it's possible? I hope so. I really hope so. 
And should we mention that Kate finally made a cameo today? She was out. I love how Kate's appearances now feel like uh, when the understudy comes out or something. Wow. I did not think that, but how telling. Everyone's so obsessed with, I read some article that was comparing it to the Princess Margaret like in the era that we're doing on the crown right now when like margaret got so much attention because queen elizabeth people were just used to her and you know her appearances had become sort of you know people were used to it i do have to say that i never thought that kate was like uncool but now compared to Megan, like after Megan rolls out with this rock and roll hairstyle. And like and those then, rings she had on her fingers. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. These amazing like thin rings all over. Very bohemian chic. And then cut to Kate going out in this matronly kind of hot pink coat. But very prim and proper. Of course, her hair perfectly blown out. Tucked underneath with a little curl. She does, there's something very matronly about her. Yeah. You know how people lean into, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's like if if someone, she, Kate's going to almost, I feel, lean more into her style. Like, I feel like she's going to take even fewer risks maybe because Megan is kind of like going to make her reassert the Kate Middleton-ness that she has perfected. Like, I feel like this could make her up that even more, this kind of regal, uh, classy refined sort of thing that she always has going it would be cool to see if megan had an effect on kate and kate started rolling out there with like a bohemian braid in her hair or something kate wears like a flower crown to her next appearance (laughs) right and how pregnant is kate these days she's due in april so she's Six months, seven months. I guess some people are interpreting the color of her coat to mean that she's going to have another girl. What do you think? Wow, we're really reading into the signs they're sending us. I didn't really think much of it until I read that she also wore this very same pink coat twice when she was pregnant with Princess Charlotte. Hmm. Which I feel like maybe is weirdly then a sign. Right. Okay, we're taking a detour from the script, but Josh, did you see that headline last week that Charlotte speaks like perfect Spanish and has impeccable manners at age two? I'm not surprised. I'm actually honestly surprised she doesn't know more languages. I would have expected Kate to have her on like Mandarin and oh my god, I can't wait to see like Megan's children are going to be like children of the world and know like every possible language. I wonder if, Char- do you think Charlotte and George are going to, I guess Megan's, who knows when, when, if Megan and Harry will have kids, but do you think they're all going to get along? I don't this know. Is the most intense hypothetical ever. <laughs> I guess Queen Elizabeth made a remark when she was out and about this weekend that Charlotte is the one in charge. She's in charge of George, even though that. she's younger, which I thought was intriguing. And wait, Julie, didn't you cover the Queen's first interview that she's ever given? Oh, right. There was a special last night in honor of her coronation. Um, Josh, I'm taking you didn't you didn't watch it. it well, was, I saw when she, I saw that she manhandled the crown. They had all of this anticipation around this documentary. It was the first time the Queen has ever spoken about her coronation in honor of the 65th anniversary. It was an hour long, and so you're hoping for all these like crazy behind-the-scenes secrets. But the big moments where the Queen was reunited with the crown jewels, like the King Edward's crown that she's only <laughs> worn once before. 
And like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not like she's really breaking up. I want to know like what she felt, like what she thinks about Oprah or like who the coolest celebrity she's met is. Right. She stays so on script. I I guess she was excited to see the crown again. I thought it was intriguing that there are only three people in the world allowed to touch the King Edward's crown. The queen, the crown jeweler, and the archbishop. So, I mean. The Prince Philip can't. He can't. George cannot. So, like, the most... That is interesting. The most exciting moment, though, was her just, like, showing us her favorite part of the crown. But also, like, the the clip I saw on Twitter that was just clipped of that, she really, like, gets right into the crown. She really... (laughs) I love that you described it as her manhandling it. Uh, That's that's good. That's that's really good. I'm trying to think of the only real highlights where she kind of went off script was she said St. Edward's like she made some snide remark about how he designed this like very elaborate flamboyantly jeweled crown for himself to wear. She was like, can you imagine a man designing that? I was like, oof. And then they showed her like archival footage of herself after her coronation. And Prince Charles is like five years old and he's playing underneath the train of her coronation gown. And the historian right next to her is like, oh, looks like Charles is having fun. And she's like, he should not have been doing that. Wait, that's great. That's a good little off the cuff comment. I know, that was like the thorniest, that was the most shade thrown during that I want to know like, what she thinks of Megan, I want to know if she watches The Crown, I want to know We were not going to find out, the historian was like sweating next to her, trying to like not say the right thing. I also didn't realize that you have to finish every sentence or remark, or he finished every sentence or remark to her with ma'am, so every sentence was... Oh, I thought you were going to say your majesty, your ma'am, uh, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am. I don't know. If you could ask the queen one question, what would you ask her? And she had to answer. Like, it was, like, it, Well, required. it would have to be... This is such a good question. It would have to be an open-ended question. I'm trying to think. What would yours be? Um, What is the... Yeah, you're right. It should be open-ended. I was going to go with, like, your favorite, like, uh, actor or celebrity that you've met slash least favorite... Ooh, right. Describe mm, your but that's least... Like not, but that doesn't give her much to go off of. Maybe how... I don't know. I feel like anything about like how things have changed or what she's seen, you're, you run the risk of not getting like good dirt. <laughs> I would probably ask about either... Her, please describe your least favorite celebrity encounter. Or I would want to know more about whether she and Jackie Kennedy really had that closed door conversation as the crown depicted. <laughs> yeah, so from UK royalty to Hollywood royalty, uh, Dakota Johnson has been linked to Chris Martin. I didn't really believe the reports at first, but over the weekend, photos surfaced of them after a Malibu dinner date. And they were walking arm in arm on the sand as they took in the California sun, according to people. Um, We can't hate on it, not that we were hating on it to begin with, because they were first spotted together at Sushi Park in October, where Julie and I, if you haven't been listening to us for a year now, we have had had a very memorable evening there. 
where we saw Jay-Z, Chris Martin. Oh, yeah, we saw Chris Martin there. I know, this is like his, his usual place. And so. Leo DiCaprio um, in one night, in one restaurant. So the fact that Dakota and Chris were born out of a sushi park date I think means that they're always going to be close to our heart. Definitely does. Definitely does. Where did they even meet Josh? Does anyone have that information? No, I don't know. I put this on, I tweeted this, but it's like, it feels like the fourth season of a TV show couple to me. (laughs) It's sort of like, just, okay, like, I guess (laughs) these two are left. Also, I just kind of get a kick out of this. It says they've got to know each other really well and are very comfortable with one another. Chris sends Dakota his music to get her opinion. It's Ooh. more than just a fling. So he sends her fling. his music, which made me wonder, do you think she's honest with her feedback or not? I feel like she is. And also her stock really went up in my book after that Golden Globes moment last that we discussed last week. Remember when Jennifer Aniston was presenting and mm-hmm. instead of looking at Jen, Dakota did, as we all as we all would have. She looked over to see how Angelina Jolie was reacting. I've never interviewed her, but I've watched, I'm maybe the only person in the world who's seen both Fifty Shades movies, and I watched her on Ben and Kate, her like debut sitcom, I feel like, as an actress. Or maybe oh, she before that. so you go and back with her. She's, I think, super funny. She's really talented. I think she's has a good sense of humor that yeah. maybe we don't get to see a lot. I haven't seen this the sitcom really. You that don't much. get you don't get the humor as much in Fifty Shades, but I feel like she finds the she is able to find it in some moments in it, which I find commendable. Right. I wonder if Chris Martin has met Melanie Griffith yet and Don Johnson. And has Chris Martin seen Fifty Shades? Good call. What do you think? I feel like he hasn't. I feel like he hasn't. I feel like maybe if you were on a plane, he would like watch it. <laughs> has Gwyneth met Dakota? I feel like she absolutely has. Yes. Right. Just considering their moms. I feel like Gwyneth is totally into this. That's my read on Gwyneth. Right. She is definitely, she would do a double date with them. Yeah. Cause she, and also she's so into like that modern family Instagram where she posted Chris Martin with Brad Falchak, her current fiance. Right. They need to start doing holidays together. Double dates. Maybe God, spring that's... break. Yeah, perhaps. All right. And then Kim and Kanye. Big, big announcement this morning. Kim's surrogate gave birth to another, the couple's third child, a daughter. Josh, do you want to read the statement? I've been waiting to do this my whole life. 12.47 a.m., January 15th. I like how this is written like from, you know, you read like from like- I know, was this posted on Twitter? I don't know. (laughs) Kanye and I are happy. Yeah, she tweeted it. Kanye and I are happy to announce the arrival of our healthy- I'm trying to get into the Kim character. Let me start over. Right. Kanye and I are happy to announce the arrival of our healthy, beautiful baby girl. We are incredibly grateful to our surrogate who made our dreams come true with the greatest gift one could give and to our wonderful doctors and nurses for their special care. North and Saint are especially thrilled to welcome their baby sister. Love, Kim Kardashian West. Wow, Josh, I really noticed the change in your delivery once you, you got like back into like character. Kind of breathy quality I, to my speaking. It I'm added very authenticity. Subtle, intended. <laughs> So what is your name predictions, Julie? We don't know the name yet. I know. This morning I was really thinking a different direction. Then, yeah, so you think a totally different from North and Saint. Well, no, I meant like East. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a literal direction. But then I remembered how Kim Funny. explained that they loved North because it meant that 
north would always be their north star and mm. i feel like none of the other directions on the compass lend as much significance what do you think i think it's gonna by the time this podcast comes out we might already know the name and this is gonna seem especially silly but um five letters i think because north right. and saint both have five so i feel like they're gonna stay consistent with that do you think it's and gonna that, be another n um Perhaps. I was wondering if Donda, his mom's name, I don't know if you really do that. Can you do that? Maybe it's a middle name. <laughs> Julie is not feeling that prediction by her grimace. I feel like Chris Jenner has veto power <laughs> over the name. North and Saint are really good. I mean, for, for them. I mean, like, I just feel like they are powerful. And I like how they're both kind of, um, I don't know. One syllable. Yeah, one syllable. I'm trying to think what goes well with them. It's kind of hard to imagine. North Saint. Honestly, Courtney naming her third child Rain. Like, I could see something in similar to that. Not King, but maybe... Um, something royalty adjacent. Yeah, yeah. Queen. Some, oh, Queen. Right. It's a girl. Queen West. Queen West. Well, I mean, Sir Carter has kind of set the precedent for that sort of name style. Right. It's not going to be Mrs. M I S S U S. But how I wish it would. Well, let us know your predictions. We want to know. We'll give a prize to whoever's closest, right? Yeah. I know. Josh, how are they going to commemorate this in traditional Kardashian style? How's Kris Jenner going to brand this moment? Well, I'm checking now. I don't think Kim has posted anything on Instagram. I wonder if she's going to try to do some sort of like Beyonce style debut photo on her Instagram. Oh, so no magazine cover. Right. You, you think they're going to have some professional photo shoot. I see that. I could see it, right? I'm excited. I want to know what the name's going to be. Well, let us know what your... Well, there's a lot of things that we I feel like we asked for. We also want casting su- suggestions for yes. the next time movie. We, we want, want casting suggestions. More feedback on the hairstyle. Oh my god, you know, uh, I wish... I don't know if we can pull this off, but I would love everyone to send in their Meghan Markle messy bun, like as a selfie. Oh my gosh. That's asking for, that, that's asking for the stars. I don't know. Do you see everyone posting over the weekend those things where you upload your face next and then, you know, Google shows you which famous painting you are? Yes. Did you do it? No, I should. I want like an app where people just upload their Meghan Markle messy bun. Or maybe you upload your face and we put the messy bun on it. That's our oh, idea. Oh, that's a good call. And let's do Megan's. We need to figure out what Megan's famous are, painting is. What are Wait, famous paintings? Yeah, that's what we're doing after this. Stay tuned. Gosh, we have such grand plans today. All right, that does it for this week's bonkers episode of In the Limelight. Thank you so much for listening. Please, uh, yeah, we gave, well, there's already been a hundred things you've asked for. Please send us um, all sorts of feedback and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm Jay Duboff uh, on Instagram. We're In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week. And until then, you won't find it on Instagram, but... No no bad bad energy. energy. Slightly more in sync.